Are you sure I can't help you in any way, Blunchley? Quite sure, thank you. Saranoff and I will manage it. Yes, we'll manage it. He finds out what to do, draws up the orders, and I sign them. Division of Labor, Major. Another one? Thank you. This hand is more accustomed to the sword than to the pen. It's very good of you, Blunchley. It is indeed to let yourself be put upon in this way. Now, are you quite sure I can do nothing? You can stop interrupting, Paul. Uh, Oh, quite right, my love. Quite right. Ah, you haven't been campaigning, Catherine. You don't know how pleasant it is for us to sit here after a good lunch, with nothing to do but enjoy ourselves. There's only one thing I want to make me thoroughly comfortable. What is that? My old coat. I'm not at home in this one. I I feel as if I were on parade. Oh, my dear Paul, how absurd you are about that old coat. It must be hanging in the blue closet where you left it. My dear Catherine, I tell you, I've looked there. Am I to believe my own eyes or not? What are you shooing off that bell for? My dear, if you think the obstinacy of your sex can make a coat out of two old dressing gowns of hyenas, your waterproof and my Macintosh, you're mistaken. That's exactly what the blue closet contains at present. Nicola, go to the blue closet and bring your master's old coat here. The braided one he usually wears in the house. Yes, madam. Catherine? Yes, Paul? I bet you any piece of jewelry you'd like to order from Sophia against a week's housekeeping money that the coat isn't there. Done, Paul. Come. Here's an opportunity for some sport. Who'll bet on it? Blunchley, I'll give you six to one. It would be robbing you, Major. Madam is sure to be right. Bravo, Switzerland. Major, I bet my best charger against an Arab mare for Aina that Nicola finds the coat in the blue closet. Your best charger? Don't be foolish, Paul. An Arabian mare will cost you 50,000 livres. Really, Mother, if you are going to take the jewelry, I don't see why you should grudge me my Arab. Where was it, Nicola? Hanging in the blue closet, Madam. Well... I am... Paul! I could have sworn it wasn't there. Age is beginning to tell on me. I'm getting hallucinations. Here, help me change. Excuse me, Blunchley. Remember, I didn't take that bet of yours, Sergius. You'd better give Raina that Arab steed yourself since you've roused her expectations, eh, Raina? She's dreaming, as usual. That's the last order. What? Finished? Finished. Haven't you anything for me to sign? Not necessary. His signature will do. Ah. Well, I think we've done a thundering good day's work. Can I do anything more? You had better both see the fellows that are to take these. Pack them off at once. And show them that I've marked on the orders the time they should hand them in by. Tell them that if they stop to drink or tell stories, if they're five minutes late, they'll have the skin taken off their backs. I'll say so, and if one of them is man enough to spit in my face for insulting him, I'll buy his discharge and give him a pension. Just see that he talks to them properly, Major, will you? Quite right, Blunchley. Quite right. I'll see to it. By the by, Catherine, you may as well come too. They'll be far more frightened of you than me. I dare say I had better. You will only splutter at them. What a country! 
They make cannons out of cherry trees, and the officers send for their wives to keep discipline. You look ever so much nicer than when we last met. What have you done to yourself? Washed. Brushed. Good night's sleep and breakfast, that's all. Did you get back safely that morning? Quite. Thanks. Were they angry with you for running away from Sergius's charge? No. They were glad, because they'd all just run away themselves. It must have made a lovely story for them. All that about me and my room. Capital story. But I only told it to one of them. A particular friend. On whose discretion you could absolutely rely? Absolutely. Hmm. He told it all to my father and Sergius the day you exchanged the prisoners. No. You don't mean that, do you? I do, indeed. But they don't know that it was in this house that you hid. If Sergius knew, he would challenge you and kill you in a duel. Bless me. Then don't tell him. Can you realize what it is to me to deceive him? I want to be quite perfect with Sergius. No meanness, no smallness, no deceit. My relation to him is the one really beautiful and noble part of my life. I hope you can understand that. You mean that you wouldn't like him to find out that the story about the ice pudding was a... Uh, a you-know. Uh, don't talk of it in that flippant way. I lied. I know it. But I did it to save your life. He would have killed you. That was the second time I ever uttered a falsehood. Do you remember the first time? I? No. Was I present? Yes. And I told the officer who was searching for you that you were not present. True. I should have remembered it. Ah, it is natural that you should forget it first. It cost you nothing. It cost me a lie. A lie! My dear young lady, don't let this worry you. Remember, I'm a soldier. Now, what are the two things that happen to a soldier so often that he comes to think nothing of them? One is hearing people tell lies. The other is getting his life saved in all sorts of ways by all sorts of people. And so he becomes a creature incapable of faith and of gratitude. Do you like gratitude? I don't. If pity is akin to love, gratitude is akin to the other thing. Gratitude? If you are incapable of gratitude, then you are incapable of any noble sentiment. Even animals are grateful. Oh, I see now exactly what you think of me. You were not surprised to hear me lie. To you it was something I probably did every day, every hour. That is how men think of women. There's reason in everything. You said you'd only told two lies in your whole life, dear young lady. Isn't that rather a short allowance? I'm quite a straightforward man myself, but it wouldn't last me a whole morning. Do you know, sir, that you are insulting me? I can't help it. When you get into that noble attitude and speak in that thrilling voice, I admire you. But I find it impossible to believe a single word you say. Captain Bluntschley! Yes? Do you mean what you said just now? Do you know what you said just now? I do. I... 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 I, I, Raina Petkoff, tell lies! How did you find me out? <laughs> Instinct, dear young lady. Instinct and experience of the world. Do you know you are the first man I ever met who did not take me seriously? You mean... 
don't you, that I'm the first man that has ever taken you quite seriously? Yes, I suppose I do mean that. How strange it is to be talked to in such a way. You know I've always gone on like that. I mean, the noble attitude and the thrilling voice. I did it when I was a tiny child to my nurse. She believed in it. I do it before my parents. They believe in it. I do it before Sergius. He believes in it. Yes, he's a little in that line himself, isn't he? Do you think so? You know him a little better than I do. I wonder. I wonder, is he? If I thought that... Ah, well, what does it matter? I suppose now that you've found me out, you despise me. No, my dear young lady. No, no. No a thousand times. It's part of your youth. Part of your charm. I'm like all the rest of them. The nurse, your parents, Sergius... I'm your infatuated admirer. Really? Hand of hearts. Really and truly. But what did you think of me for giving you my portrait? Your portrait? You never gave me your portrait. Do you mean to say you never got it? No. When did you send it to me? I did not send it to you. It was in the pocket of that coat. Oh, oh, oh. I never found it. It must still be there. There still, for my father to find the first time he puts his hand in his pocket. Oh, how could you be so stupid? It doesn't matter. It's only a photograph. How can he tell who it was intended for? Tell him he put it there himself. Yes, that is so clever, so clever. What shall I do? Ah, I see. You wrote something on it. That was rash. Oh, to have done such a thing for you, who care no more except to laugh at me. Oh, are you sure nobody has touched it? Well, I can't be quite sure. You see, I couldn't carry it about with me all the time. One can't take much luggage on active service. What did you do with it? When I got through to Pirot, I had it put in safekeeping somehow, so I pawned it. Pawned it? I know it doesn't sound nice, but it was much the safest plan. I redeemed it the day before yesterday. Heaven only knows whether the pawnbroker cleared out the pockets or not. You have a low shopkeeping mind. You think of things that would never come into a gentleman's head. That's the Swiss national character, dear lady. Oh, I wish I had never met you. For you. The messenger is waiting. Will you excuse me? The last postal delivery that reached me was three weeks ago. These are the subsequent accumulations. Four telegrams, a week old... Oh, bad news. Bad news? My father's dead. Oh, how very sad. Yes. I shall have to start for home in an hour. He has left a lot of big hotels behind him to be looked after. Here's a whacking letter from the family solicitor. Great heavens! Seventy. Two hundred! Four hundred, four thousand, nine thousand, six hundred. What on earth shall I do with them all? Nine thousand hotels? Hotels? Nonsense. If you only knew. Oh, it's too ridiculous. Excuse me. I must give my fellows orders about starting.
He has not much heart, that Swiss, though he is so fond of the Servians. He has not a word of grief for his poor father. Grief? A man who has been doing nothing but killing people for years. What does he care? What does any soldier care? Major Saranoff has been fighting, too, and he has plenty of heart left. Aha! I thought you wouldn't get much feeling out of your soldier. I've been trying all the afternoon to get a minute alone with you, my girl. Why, what fashion is that of wearing your sleeve, child? My own fashion. Indeed. If the mistress catches you, she'll talk to you. Is that any reason why you should take it on yourself to talk to me? Come, don't be so contrary with me. I've some good news for you. See? A twenty-leva bill. Sergius gave me that out of pure swagger. A fool and his money are soon parted. There's ten levas more. The Swiss gave me that for backing up the mistresses and Raina's lies about him. He's no fool, he isn't. You should have heard old Catherine downstairs as polite as you please to me, telling me not to mind the majors being a little impatient, for they knew what a good servant I was, after making a fool and a liar of me before them all. The twenty will go to our savings, and you shall have the ten to spend if you'll only talk to me so as to remind me I'm a human being. I get tired of being a servant occasionally. Yes. Sell your manhood for thirty levas and buy me for ten. Keep your money. You were born to be a servant. I was not. When you set up your shop, you will only be everybody's servant instead of somebody's servant. Ah, wait till you see. We shall have our evenings to ourselves, and I shall be master in my own house. I promise you. You shall never be master in mine. You have a great ambition in you, Luca. Remember... If any luck comes to you, it was I that made a woman of you. You? Yes, me. Who was it made you give up wearing a couple of pounds of false black hair on your head and reddening your lips and cheeks like any other Bulgarian girl? I did. Who taught you to trim your nails and keep your hands clean and be dainty about yourself like a fine Russian lady? Me. Do you hear that? Me. I've often thought if Raina were out of the way, and you just a little less a fool, and Sergius just a little more of one, you might come to be one of my greatest customers, instead of only being my wife and costing me money. I believe you would rather be my servant than my husband. You would make more out of me. Oh, I know that soul of yours. Never you mind my soul, but just listen to my advice. If you want to be a lady, your present behavior to me won't do at all. Unless when we're alone. It's too sharp and impudent. And impudence is a sort of familiarity. It shows affection for me. And don't you try being high and mighty with me either. You're like all country girls. You think it's genteel to treat a servant the way I treat a stable boy. That's only your ignorance. And don't you forget it. 
and don't be so ready to defy everybody. Act as if you expect to have your own way, not as if you expect to be ordered about. The way to get on as a lady is the same as the way to get on as a servant. You've got to know your place. That's the secret of it. And you may depend on me to know my place if you get promoted. Think over it, my girl. I'll stand by you. One servant should always stand by another. I'm not in the way of your work, I hope. Oh, no, sir. Thank you kindly. I was only speaking to this foolish girl about her habit of running up here to the library whenever she gets a chance to look at the books. That's the worst of her education, sir. It gives her habits above her station. Make that table tidy, Luca, for the Major. Let me see. Is there a mark there? Does it hurt? Yes. Shall I cure it? No. You cannot cure it now. Quite sure? Don't trifle with me, please. An officer should not trifle with a servant. That was no trifle, Luca. No? Are you sorry? I am never sorry. I wish I could believe a man could be so unlike a woman as that. I wonder, are you really a brave man? Yes, I am a brave man. My heart jumped like a woman's at the first shot, but in the charge... I found that I was brave. Yes, that at least is real about me. Did you find in the charge that the men whose fathers are poor like mine were any less brave than the men who are rich like you? Not a bit. They all slashed and cursed and yelled like heroes. Pshaw! The courage to rage and kill is cheap. I've an English bull terrier who has as much of that sort of courage as the whole Bulgarian nation and the whole Russian nation at its back. But he lets my groom thrash him all the same. That's your soldier all over. No, Luca, your poor men can cut throats, but they are afraid of their officers. They put up with insults and blows. They stand by and see one another punished like children. I and help to do it when they are ordered. And the officers, well, <laughs> I am an officer. Oh, give me the man who will defy to the death any power on earth or in heaven that sets itself up against his own will and conscience. He alone is the brave man. How easy it is to talk. Men never seem to me to grow up. They all have schoolboys' ideas. You don't know what true courage is. Indeed. I am willing to be instructed. Look at me. How much am I allowed to have my own will? I have to get your room ready for you. To sweep and dust. To fetch and carry. How could that degrade me if it did not degrade you to have it done for you? But... If I were an empress of Russia, above everyone in the world, then... Ah, oh, then... Though according to you, I could show no courage at all. You should see. You should see. 
What would you do, noble empress? I would marry the man I loved, which no other queen in Europe has the courage to do. If I loved you, though you would be as far beneath me as I am beneath you, I would dare to be the equal of my inferior. Would you dare as much if you loved me? No. If you felt the beginnings of love for me, you would not let it grow. You dare not. You would marry a rich man's daughter because you would be afraid of what other people would say. You lie. It is not so by all the stars. If I loved you and I were the czar himself, I would set you on the throne by my side. You know that I love another woman, a woman as high above you as heaven is above earth, and you are jealous of her. I have no reason to be. She will never marry you now. The man I told you of has come back. She will marry the Swiss. The Swiss? A man worth ten of you. Then you can come to me, and I will refuse you. You are not good enough for me. I will kill the Swiss, and afterwards I will do as I please with you. The Swiss will kill you, perhaps. He has beaten you in love. He may beat you in war. Do you think I believe that she, she whose worst thoughts are higher than your best ones, is capable of trifling with another man behind my back? Do you think she would believe the Swiss if I told her now that I am in your arms? Damnation! Oh, damnation! Mockery! Mockery everywhere! Everything I think is mocked by everything I do! Coward! Liar! Fool! Shall I kill myself like a man or live and pretend to laugh at myself? Remember, you belong to me. What does that mean? An insult? It means that you love me, and that I have had you here in my arms, and will perhaps have you there again. Whether that is an insult, I neither know nor care. Take it as you please, but I will not be a coward and a trifler. If I choose to love you, I dare marry you in spite of all Bulgaria. If these hands ever touch you again, they shall touch my affianced bride. We shall see whether you dare keep your word, but take care. I will not wait long. Yes, we shall see, and you shall wait my pleasure. That's a remarkable-looking young woman. Captain... Blunchly. Eh? You have deceived me. You are my rival. I brook no rivals. At six o'clock, I shall be in the drilling ground, on the Clissero Road, alone, on horseback, with my saber. Do you understand? Oh, thank you. That's a cavalryman's proposal. I'm in the artillery. And I have the choice of weapons. If I go, I shall take a machine gun, and there shall be no mistake about the cartridges this time. Take care, sir. It is not our custom in Bulgaria to allow invitations of that kind to be trifled with. Pooh. 
Don't talk to me about Bulgaria. You don't know what fighting is. But have it your own way. Bring your saber along. I'll meet you. Well said, Switzer. Shall I lend you my best horse? Oh, damn your horse. Thank you all the same, my dear fellow. I shall fight you on foot. I have heard what Captain Blunchley said, Sergius. You are going to fight. Why? What about? I don't know. He hasn't told me. Better not interfere, dear young lady. No harm will be done. I've often acted as sword instructor. He won't be able to touch me, and I'll not hurt him. It will save explanations. In the morning I shall be off home, and you'll never see me or hear of me again. You and he will then make it up and live happily ever after. I never said I wanted to see you again. Ha! That is a confession. What do you mean? You love that man. Sergius! You allow him to make love to you behind my back, just as you accept me as your affianced husband behind his. Blunchley, you knew our relations, and you deceived me. It is for that that I call you to account, not for having received favors that I never enjoyed. Stuff! Rubbish! I have received no favors. Why, the young lady doesn't even know whether I'm married or not. Oh, are you? You see the young lady's concern, Captain Blunchley? Denial is useless. You have enjoyed the privilege of being received in her room late at night. Yes, you blockhead. She received me with a pistol at her head. Your cavalry were at my heels. I'd have blown her brains out if she uttered a cry. Blunchley! Raina, is this true? Oh, how dare you! How dare you! Apologize, man. Apologize. I never apologize. This is the doing of that friend of yours, Captain Blunchley. It is he who is spreading this horrible story about me. No. He's dead. Burnt alive. Burnt alive? Shot in the hip in a woodyard. Couldn't drag himself out. Your fellow's shells set the timber on fire and burnt him, with half a dozen other poor devils in the same predicament. How horrible. And how ridiculous. Oh, war. War. The dream of patriots and heroes. A fraud, Blunchley, a hollow sham, like love. Like love? You say that before me. Come, Saranoff, the matter is explained. A hollow sham, I say. Would you have come back here if nothing had passed between you except the muzzle of your pistol? Raina is mistaken about our friend who was burnt. He was not my informant. Who, then? Ah, Luca, my maid, my servant. You were with her this morning, all that time after... After... Oh, what sort of god is this I have been worshipping? Do you know that I looked out of the window as I went upstairs to have another sight of my hero... And I saw something that I did not understand then. I know now that you were making love to her. You saw that? Only too well. Raina, our romance is shattered. Life's a farce. You see, he's found himself out now. Blunchley, I have allowed you to call me a blockhead. You may now call me a coward as well. I refuse to fight you. Do you know why? No, but it doesn't matter. I didn't ask the reason when you cried on, and I don't ask the reason now that you cry off. I'm a professional soldier. 
I fight when I have to, and I'm very glad to get out of it when I haven't to. You're only an amateur. You think fighting is an amusement. You shall hear the reason all the same, my professional. The reason is that it takes two men, real men, men of heart, blood, and honor, to make a genuine combat. I could no more fight with you than I could make love to an ugly woman. You've no magnetism. You're not a man. You're a machine. Quite true. Quite true. I always was that sort of chap. I'm very sorry. But now that you've found that life isn't a farce, by something quite sensible and serious, what further obstacle is there to your happiness? You are very solicitous about my happiness and his. Do you forget his new love, Luca? It is not you that he must fight now, but his rival, Nicola. Rival? Did you not know that they are engaged? Nicola? Fresh abysses opening, Nicola? A shocking sacrifice, isn't it? Such beauty, such intellect, such modesty, wasted on a middle-aged servant man. Really, Sergius, you cannot stand by and allow such a thing. It would be unworthy of your chivalry. Viper! Viper! Look here, Saranoff, you're getting the worst of this. Do you realize what he has done, Captain Blunchley? He has set this girl as a spy on us, and her reward is that he makes love to her. False! Monstrous! Monstrous! Do you deny that she told you about Captain Blunchley being in my room? No, but I... Do you deny that you were making love to her when she told you? No, but I tell you... It is unnecessary to tell us anything more. That is quite enough for us. I told you you were getting the worst of it, Saranoff. Tiger cat! You hear this man calling me names, Captain Blunchley. What else can he do, dear lady? He must defend himself somehow. Come, don't quarrel. What good does it do? Engaged to Nicola. <laughs> well, Blunchley, you are right to take this huge imposture of a world coolly. I dare say you think us a couple of grown-up babies, don't you? He does. He does. Swiss civilization nurse-tending Bulgarian barbarism, eh? Not at all, I assure you. I'm only very glad to get you too quieted. Let's be pleasant and talk it over in a friendly way. Where is this other lady? Listening at the door, probably. I will prove that that, at least, is a calumny. Judge her, Blunchley, you, the moderate, cautious man, judge the eavesdropper. I mustn't judge her. I once listened myself outside a tent when there was a mutiny brewing. It's all a question of the degree of provocation. My life was at stake. My love was at stake. I am not ashamed. Your love? Your curiosity, you mean? My love. Stronger than anything you can feel even for your chocolate cream soldier. What does that mean? It means... Oh, I remember the ice pudding, a paltry taunt girl. Excuse my shirt sleeves, gentlemen. Raina, somebody's been wearing that coat of mine, I swear it. Somebody with bigger shoulders than mine. It's all burst open at the back. Your mother's mending it. We should make haste, I shall catch cold. Is anything the matter? 
No. Oh, no! Nothing. That's all right. Anything the matter, Luca? No, sir. That's all right. Go and ask your mistress for my coat like a good girl, would you? Here it is, Papa. Give it to me, Nicola. And you put some more wood on the fire. Aha! Going to be very good to poor old Papa just for one day after his return from the wars, eh? Oh, how can you say that to me, Father? Well, well, only a joke, little one. Come, give me a kiss. Now give me the coat. Now I am going to put it on for you. Turn your back. There, dear. Now, are you comfortable? Quite, little love. Thanks. Oh, by the by, I found something funny. Hello, what's the meaning of this? Well, I could have sworn... I wonder... Where? Where can it... Your mother's taken it. Taken what? Your photograph with the inscription... Raina to her chocolate cream soldier, a souvenir. Now you know there's something more in this than meets the eye, and I'm going to find out. Nicola! Sir. Did you spoil any pastry of Miss Raina's this morning? You heard Miss Raina say that I did, sir. I know that, you idiot. Was it true? I am sure Miss Raina is incapable of saying anything that is not true, sir. Are you? Then I'm not. Come. Do you think I don't see it all? Sergius, you're the chocolate cream soldier, aren't you? I? A chocolate cream soldier? Certainly not. Not. Do you mean to tell me that Raina sends photographic souvenirs to other men? The world is not such an innocent place as we used to think, Petkoff. It's all right, Major. I'm the chocolate cream soldier. The gracious young lady saved my life by giving me chocolate creams when I was starving. Shall I ever forget their flavor? My late friend Stoltz told you the story at Perot. I was the fugitive. You! (gasps) Hmm. Sergius, do you remember how those two women went on this morning when we mentioned it? You're a nice young woman, aren't you? Major Saranoff has changed his mind. And when I wrote that on the photograph, I did not know that Captain Blunchley was married. I'm not married. You said you were. I did not. I positively did not. I never was married in my life. Raina, will you kindly inform me if I am not asking too much which, gentlemen, you are engaged to? To neither of them. This young lady is the object of Major Saranoff's affections at present. Luca! Are you mad, Sergius? Why, this girl's engaged to Nicola. I beg your pardon, sir. There is a mistake. Luca is not engaged to me. Not engaged to you, you scoundrel? Why, you had 25 levers from me on your day of your betrothal, and she had that guilt bracelet from Miss Raina. We gave it out so, sir. But it was only to give Luca protection. She had a soul above her station. And I have been no more than her confidential servant. I intend, as you know, sir, to set up a shop later on in Sophia. I look forward to her custom and recommendation should she marry into nobility. Well, I am 
This is either the finest heroism or the most crawling baseness. Which is it, Blunchley? Never mind whether it's heroism or baseness. Nicola's the ablest man I've met in Bulgaria. I'll make him manager of a hotel if he can speak French and German. I have been insulted by everyone here. You set them the example. You owe me an apology. It's no use. He never apologizes. Not to you, his equal and his enemy. To me, his poor servant. He will not refuse to apologize. You were right. Forgive me. I forgive you. That touch makes me your affianced wife. Ah, I forgot that. You can withdraw if you like. Withdraw? Never. You belong to me. What does this mean? Well, my dear, it appears that Sergius is about to marry Luca instead of Raina. Don't blame me. I have nothing to do with it. Mary Luca? Sergius, you are bound by your word to us. Nothing binds me. Saranoff, your hand. My congratulations. These heroics of yours have their practical side after all. Gracious young lady, the best wishes of a good Republican. Luca, you have been telling stories. I have done Raina no harm. Raina? I have a right to call her Raina. She calls me Luca. I told Major Saranoff she would never marry him if the Swiss gentleman came back. Hello? Oh, oh. I thought you were fonder of him than of Sergius. You know best whether I was right. What nonsense! I assure you, my dear Major, my dear Madam, the gracious young lady simply saved my life, nothing else. She never cared two straws for me. Why, bless my heart and soul, look at the young lady and look at me. She, rich, young, beautiful, with her imagination full of fairy princes and noble natures and cavalry charges and goodness knows what. And I, a commonplace Swiss soldier who hardly knows what a decent life is after fifteen years of barracks and battles, a vagabond, a man who has spoiled all his chances in life through an incurably romantic disposition. A man... Excuse me, Blunchley. What did you say had spoiled your chances in life? An incurably romantic disposition. I ran away from home twice when I was a boy. I went into the army instead of into my father's business. I climbed the balcony of this house when a man of sense would have dived into the nearest cellar. I came sneaking back here to have another look at the young lady when any other man of my age would have sent the coat back. My coat! Yes. That's the coat I mean. Would have sent it back and gone quietly home. Do you suppose I am the sort of fellow a young girl falls in love with? Why, look at our ages. I'm 34. I don't suppose a young lady is much over 17. All that adventure which was life or death to me was only a schoolgirl's game to her. Chocolate creams and hide-and-seek. Here's the proof. Now, I ask you, would a woman who took the affair seriously have sent me this and written on it, Raina, to her chocolate cream soldier, a souvenir? 
That's what I was looking for. How the deuce did it get there? I have put everything right, I hope, gracious young lady. I quite agree with your account of yourself. You are a romantic idiot. Next time, I hope you will know the difference between a schoolgirl of seventeen and a woman of twenty-three. Twenty-three? Bluntly, my one last belief is gone. Your sagacity is a fraud, like all the other things. You have less sense than even I have. Twenty-three? Twenty-three? <laughs> In that case, Major Petkoff, I beg to propose formally to become a suitor for your daughter's hand in place of Major Saranoff retired. If you were 23 when you said those things to me this afternoon, I shall take them seriously. I doubt, sir, whether you quite realize either my daughter's position or that of Major Sergius Saranoff, whose place you propose to take. The Petkoffs and the Saranoffs are known as the richest and most important families in the country. Our position is almost historical. We can go back for nearly 20 years. Oh, never mind that, Catherine. We should be most happy, Blunchley, if it only a matter of your position. But hang it, you know, Raina's accustomed to a very comfortable establishment. Sergius keeps 20 horses. But what on earth is the use of 20 horses? Why, it's a circus. My daughter, sir, is accustomed to a first-rate stable. Oh, well, if it comes to a question of an establishment, here goes. How many horses did you say? Twenty, noble Switzer. I have two hundred horses. <gasps> How many carriages? Three. I have seventy. <gasps> Twenty-four of them will hold twelve inside besides two on the box, without counting the driver and conductor. How many tablecloths have you? How the deuce do I know? Have you 4,000? No. I have. I have 9,600 <gasps> pairs of sheets and blankets with 2,400 eider-down quilts. I have 10,000 knives and forks and the same quantity of dessert spoons. I have 600 servants. I have six palatial establishments, besides two livery stables, a tea garden, and a private house. I have four medals for distinguished services. I have the rank of an officer and the standing of a gentleman. I have three native languages. Show me any man in Bulgaria that can offer as much. Are you the emperor of Switzerland? <laughs> My rank is the highest known in Switzerland. I am a free citizen. Well, then, Captain Blunchley, since you are my daughter's choice... I shall not stand in the way of her happiness. That is Major Petkoff's feeling also. Oh, I shall only be too glad. Two hundred horses. Whew. What says the lady? The lady says that he can keep his tablecloths and his omnibuses. I am not here to be sold to the highest bidder. I won't take that answer. I appeal to you as a fugitive a beggar, and a starving man. You accepted me. You gave me your hand to kiss, your bed to sleep in, and your roof to shelter me. I did not give them to the Emperor of Switzerland. That's just what I say. Now tell us who you did give them to. To my chocolate cream soldier. 
That'll do. Thank you. Time's up, Major. You've managed those regiments so well that you are sure to be asked to get rid of some of the infantry in the Timok Division. Send them home by way of Lom Palanka. Saranoff, don't get married until I come back. I shall be here punctually at five in the evening on Tuesday fortnight. Gracious ladies, good evening. What a man! What a man!